Jesus said to his disciples, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to the one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brother only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. I love it when I'm teaching or in conversation with somebody about the faith and they say, God doesn't expect you to be perfect because then I get to accuse them of heresy, right? Because uh, the scripture clearly says that we're called to be perfect. In fact, if we look at the readings today, the, basically the first line of the first reading, Moses tells the people, or the Lord speaking through Moses, says, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So here we have a commandment, very simple in a sense, but very difficult. Be holy, and the reason is because I am your God and I am holy. All right, so that's the first line of the reading. The last line of the gospel today is, be perfect, how about this, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now that sounds insanely difficult to me. And then in between being told to be holy because God is holy and being perfect just as the Heavenly Father is perfect, we're basically told in various ways about the need to be merciful, about the need to forgive. Remember the gospel, uh, this is a continuation of the gospel we heard last week, and I didn't preach this mass last week, but... Uh, you know, we, we talked about how Jesus is essentially deepening the law. He says that he has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And what he does, he says, you know, the laws, in a sense, they govern, they, they, the laws help you to be just. They help you to, 
to give to your neighbor and to give to God what is his due. But the Lord wants us to move beyond justice. The Lord wants us to move into charity, right? Justice is giving somebody what's theirs. Love is giving somebody what's yours. And the Lord, he basically tells, tells us that just following that law, the mere external observance is not enough. What, we, what I want is for your heart to convert. And that's where he starts telling us those things like, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Right? And he talks about anger in the heart. You know, so it's, he's really moving beyond just the external actions, those, those observances. And he wants to see a transformation of us. He wants us to be uh, different. He wants us to be like him and like his father. And how is his father? Well, his father is merciful. So he kind of ends this, uh, this little saying about how he's come to fulfill the law and deepen the law by essentially saying that we have to love even our enemies, right? So he's, he's kind of referring to what Moses says in Leviticus in the first reading. Moses says, uh, love your neighbor. Jesus is saying, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, but I say, love your enemy. If you only love those who love you, what good is that for you? Everybody does that. If you only greet those who greet you, you're only kind to those who are kind to you. If you only trust those who are trustworthy, right? Whatever it is, however you want to say it, is anybody can do that. What, what recompense is there in that? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Now, brothers and sisters, this is not going to be a fun homily. It's not fun for me to give, and I think for many of you, it's not going to be fun to hear. I'm, and because the truth is that forgiveness, I think, is one of the no, I think it's the most difficult thing about being Christian. And I think that we don't actually think about it enough. And it's incredibly important. It's not just this passage that talks about forgiveness. Think about the, the various ways that Jesus tells us about how utterly necessary it is to forgive. Well, first of all, in the prayer that he teaches us to pray every day, the Lord's Prayer, we, we ask the Lord to forgive us our trespasses against him, even as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right? He tells us that the measure with which we measure will be measured out to us. He gives us the parable of the, the man who is forgiven much by his Lord and then turns around and won't forgive a smaller amount uh, to his fellow servant, and then the Lord gets angry and throws him into prison. Right? Last week he says, if you go, if you're heading towards the temple and you have, or towards the altar, and you have something that's not settled with your neighbor, you better settle with them before you get to the judge, otherwise you'll be thrown in jail and you'll stay there until you pay the last penny. Tough stuff, guys. Uh, he, so he's not just saying forgive. He's, he kind of tells us a number of different ways that our forgiveness is in some ways dependent upon our willingness to forgive. I think Bishop Barron calls this like the economy of grace, where he says that uh, if we won't enter into the Lord's mercy and allow that mercy to flow through us, then we become like a we become like plugged up. Uh, mercy doesn't flow out of us, and so mercy can't flow, flow through us. And I think it's a beautiful image. I think there's a lot of truth in it. I think if we want to maybe start at, uh, oh, so, th but the other reason that I think forgiveness is such a difficult topic for us is because not, on not only does Jesus say some pretty tough words to us about forgiveness, but also who on earth knows how to forgive? And I think what happens a lot of times is we get hurt, we get offended, we get betrayed, 
Uh, little things are okay. Little things we can say, yeah, no, all right, well, we'll, we'll make up and it'll be fine. We're talking about the big things, right? The, the real betrayals, the people that uh, attack us in very serious and very painful ways. Very often the people closest to us cause us the worst hurts, right? How do we, how do we forgive those? And I find, in, I find in my own heart, I find in the confessional, I find in people I talk to and, you know, whatever, uh, that sometimes we don't really know even how to forgive, right? We might, we might say the words, okay, I forgive this person. And maybe in, the, in terms of external actions, we, we try to not be mean to them when we see them, right? And then we, we figure that's success, right? I've said I forgive. Uh, I pretend like we're still friends even though we're not. I'm a Christian, right? But very often, nothing has actually changed in our hearts. So I'm, this is, this, by the way, this makes me very uncomfortable, but because, because this is such an interior reality, uh, because the, the real work of forgiveness is so hidden within our hearts, I'm actually going to share a little bit with you about, uh, not in great detail, but you know, my experience of struggling with forgiveness. Okay, so uh, first of all, let's just, let's just start approximately. Earlier this week, I began to prepare for the homily, so I'm in the chapel, I've got the scriptures out, and I see that it's about forgiveness, and uh, my mind actually turns to the Psalms. We don't preach about the Psalms very often. I don't preach about the Psalms enough. But I thought maybe a key to start to unlock this problem of forgiveness uh, comes to us in the Psalms. And the Psalm essentially describes how the Lord is to us, right? The refrain is, the Lord is kind and merciful, right? And they say, bless the Lord, my soul, do not forget all his benefits. And then what does he do? He pardons all of our iniquities. He heals all of our ills. He redeems us from destruction. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. And I think that when we want to talk about forgiveness, and when we talk, want to talk about the forgiveness that the Lord invites us into, that has to be our starting point. So when, whatever came to, my, to your mind when I talked about those deep wounds that we really have to struggle to forgive, right, whatever it is that in your conscience you know you're struggling with, let this be our starting point, right? This person has offended us, they've hurt us, they've betrayed us. But our starting point is the fact that there's no way they have betrayed us the way we've betrayed God. And does God hold our feet to the fire? Does he demand accountability from us? The scriptures say he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in kindness. And he does not require according to our crimes. And brothers and sisters, we really don't want to be judged according to our crimes. We don't want justice from God. Right? We want the mercy that triumphs over justice. In term, for ourselves, when we stand before the Lord on, on Judgment Day, we do not want to get what we deserve. If you want to get what you deserve, either you're a saint or you're a fool. Right? We do not want to get what we deserve from God. We want to receive his mercy. In so many ways, we have turned our backs on God. We've rejected his free gift of himself. And yet he is always willing to reconcile with us. The moment we turn, he is willing to forgive us and to accept us back into his love, back into communion, because that's the way he is. God is kind and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. And so when we think about the person that I am called to forgive, I need to start by thinking about myself as forgiven, as forgiven for a greater offense, 
by one who has a greater claim of justice on me, but doesn't, doesn't take that justice, but gives me his mercy. Sorry, I lost my train of thought here. Um, so I was praying with this this week, and I saw that psalm, and it moved my heart. Uh, and I started to think about the, the various forgiveness projects that I'm working on. I'm thinking, all right, Lord, this is good. I'm, you know, help, help me to go deeper into forgiveness here. Help me to let go of these, these wounds, these betrayals. Uh, but then something super mundane happened. I left the chapel, and I went to work, and I encountered somebody who was not very close to me, not a, not a good friend of mine, not a, you know, uh, somebody that I know strictly through work. And this person has done me a great wrong. I know it, right? And I'm not just talking they, they said something unkind to me. I'm talking like slander, trying to damage my reputation, trying to unrail the things that I'm trying to do in my ministry at school. And as soon as I see them, this is hard for me to admit to you, right? But in my imagination, I start thinking about if this person tries to talk to me, how cleverly can I snub them? And only five minutes later, we, we didn't talk, we didn't actually get close. Only, only five minutes later did I remember two hours ago I was in the chapel and the Lord was convicting me about the need to forgive. And it, and it, it kind of came to me and I said, ah, that's, a, I'm not, you know, what do I do with that? But then let's go, let's go deeper, let's go deeper, right? Uh, so a few years ago, and this is, this is a, a deeper reality than this, this person that I barely know. Somebody who I know very well, somebody who's close to me, uh, hurt me and betrayed my trust. Uh, and I, I did, my reaction to that was to just shut them out of my heart. I couldn't shut them out of my life, right? It was somebody that is around enough but I couldn't just avoid them altogether. But I absolutely closed my heart to them. And uh, years went by. This, is, this was years ago. I'm still struggling with it. Years went by. And I, I knew that this person wanted to be close to me, right? They wanted to have a, a restoration of that relationship. They wanted, to be, they wanted to be on the inside. They wanted intimacy. And uh, one day in prayer, I think I was actually on retreat, I had a realization. I think it came from the Lord. It was, it was a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I realized I have been justifying myself. I've been making excuses. I've been making explanations. And what I've been telling myself is, look, I forgive this person. Remember, right, it's easy for us to say the words, I forgive, and not have anything interiorly change. So I forgive this person, but, I mean, they've hurt me, and I've got to protect myself, right? I, I have to, I can't let myself be too vulnerable, or they're going to hurt me again. But what the Holy Spirit convicted me of in that moment, and the only reason I'm sharing this with you is because, like, like I said, these things are so deep interior that the only way I can maybe start to show you what I'm talking about is to share with you my own experience, right? And what the Holy Spirit convicted me of was, uh, you're lying to yourself. When you say that you need to protect yourself from being hurt again, you actually want to punish this person because you know they want reconciliation. You know they want relationship. You know they want communion. You know they want to be on the inside again. You know that if they could take back what they did, they would but you're punishing them. You're punishing them because you know they want to be, they want friendship, they want communion, and you don't believe they deserve that. And so you're shutting them out. Now that was a painful, painful realization. But in God's mercy, it was the beginning of saying, okay, Lord, now what? Now what do I do? 
What, how do I move beyond the words, I forgive? How do I move beyond trying to pretend when I see this person like we're in, in good relationship? How do I do the really hard interior work of opening myself up and sort of renouncing those, you know, we make these spiritual bonds. Like we say things like, I will never let this person get close to me again. I will never put myself into a, in a position where they can hurt me. I'll never be vulnerable again. We will never have communion again, right? We make these spiritual promises and then the devil helps us keep those promises, right? But here's the deal. If we look at this letter from the Corinthians, when Paul tells us, do you not know that you're a temple of the Spirit? He's not talking about, it's confusing because later in the letter he says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But in this passage, he's not talking about your body. Right, so he says, he's not saying your body is a temple, and so if somebody destroys the body, God will destroy that person. He's talking about the church, that the church is the temple. The church is holy because it is the place where God's glory dwells, and God is holy. And if anybody damages that church, in other words, if anybody damages the communion between the members of the body, then God will destroy that person. Here is the simple fact, brothers and sisters, and I, I feel strongly enough about this and believe it enough to say it. Division is from the devil, period. The Lord does not want division in his body. The Lord does not want division in his church. If somebody has been in your life and there has been love and there has been communion between you and now there is division and hatred, I guarantee you that is not of the Lord. The Lord seeks to heal. He seeks to reconcile. He seeks communion. And he seeks communion with us, and for us to be in full communion with him, we have to be in communion with the other people he loves, with the whole body of Christ. It's that simple, brothers and sisters. So whatever hurts that we don't want to let go of, whatever forgiveness we don't want to give, and why ever it is that we don't want to forgive it, that is flat out not of the Lord. And maybe, maybe that's the beginning of, of doing something about it, is, is naming it. Naming this, this wound that I don't want to let go of, this relationship that I refuse to even be open to healing, that is of the evil one that is not of the Lord. Because the Lord is kind and merciful. He doesn't repay us according to our crimes. Rather, he offers himself over and over again, no matter how many times he betrays us. And because we stand under his mercy, he calls us to be like him, to be kind and merciful and forgiving and healing and building up communion, building up the body, not tearing it down. In point of fact, as hard as it is, he wants us to be holy and he wants us to be holy because he wants us to be like him and he is holy and he is merciful.